They be like, slow up, homie. You're talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Bax. This is going down. We call it the G Splash. A.K.A. The dopest podcast on earth where we kick you six pop culture news stories of the week. I'm your host Bradley Baxter. This is my man Chris Bucky Watts. Thanks for Hey, that's me, guys. I made it. Look at me go. Look at me now. Yeah, this we is here. Epi- we out here. We out here. This is, this is episode number one twelve. Yeah, it is. You know, getting them numbers up. Get your yeah, numbers popping up, them up. Dunny. Yeah. Uh, today we're talking about DC Dooms, uh, Doomsday Clock. I don't know why I paused on that. DC's DC Doom- Doomsday Clock. DC's Doomsday Clock. The most stretched out series comic Maybe book ever. of all time. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. We've been talking about this, Chris. I look back, like, all the way back in November of 2017. Jeez, I cannot believe that. that that's impossibly long for a 12-issue comic book series for... That's just, that's not right. It ain't right. It ain't right. And I will say this. We'll get into the deep the deep dive later in the show. But now that timeline that we talked about at Comic-Con, I get it. It makes a little bit more sense now, I guess. Makes a little bit more. Is that a, yeah, did, I just, did, did I just drop a huge spoiler at the very beginning? I mean, no, because I'm going to have to go back and know what timeline we're talking about. Yeah, and then true, have to true, 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 true. check it all out. I think we'll be good. All right, bet. Also, we got some, we'll, we'll talk some Oscar stuff. We got some Star Wars stuff, Marvel stuff. You know how we do over here. Uh, but let's talk some some upcoming episodes and announcements over at Splash Trash, man. Katie and I broke it down with Just Mercy, 1917, and Underwater. So who's greenlighting these films? Is that the is that the Kristen Stewart one? Yeah. And no, no bueno, no good, huh? No. And if you listen to the show, which hasn't we haven't dropped yet. But hopefully it'll drop before this drops, so that everything will fall into place. Uh, yeah, no, nah, there's there's some stuff I didn't like in that movie. Uh, I felt a lot of a lot of que- left with a lot of questions. Okay, all right, okay. And at first you're like, oh, at least in the first preview, I was like, oh, it's like a stuff like, oh, this hap- could be something stuff happening underwater. But you know, it's and then then they show you the monster in the trailer, and you're like, oh shit, what is that? Yeah, like, go oh, cool. There's the monster. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what do we talk? We I think we still have to talk about what we're talking about next week, so we won't talk about episode 113. We'll see what we can get it done, but let's get into some news, baby. There's a lot of shit. Oscar nominations came out. I had to talk yes, about yes, yes, yes. talk about it with Katie. There's 11 suckets I'm going to send you, and I was like, oh, cool. All right. A Joker, Joker, Joker's nominated 11 times. Okay, man, I, that's fine. We're going to talk about that for sure. A lot of snubs. I was, which I was really surprised by. Yeah, there was an enormous amount. I'm very, I'm a little bit blown away, to be honest. And I, I, maybe I'll ask you this question too, because we we talked just mercy, and I I don't know if you saw that. Did you get a chance to see that movie yet? I didn't see that one. Any good? The movie's really good. Uh, it's it's a really good film. 
But, I mean, obviously there's a lot of movies to pack in this year. There's been a lot of great movies. I was confused why that wasn't even discussed, really. It and wasn't, I wasn't even like, I mean, that's this late in the game, you know? Well, that's what I was confused by. But it's also January, so this movie's going to get slept on in next year, too, so... Yeah, right. So it's going to kind of miss its yeah. wave. Yeah, it's a, it's going to fall in a pocket of the good movies that come out in January. But Adam Sandler with the snub. Huge snub for Adam Sandler. Uh, huge san- snub for Aquafina. Oh, huge. From the Farewell. Yep, yep. What a great movie. The fantastic movie. And like uh, every she had a fantastic female, performance. Female directors on a whole. Yeah, no female directors. It's pretty... Um, it's pretty unbelievable, if we're being honest, about how bad some of these nominations this year were. But I will say that there are a lot of good movies this year. Worthy. Yeah. I mean, I don't. There wasn't movies, any movie on there that I was like, that should not be on there. No, no, I think that's that. That's my point, and something I want to definitely talk about, like, just when it comes to Oscar nominations as well, since we're already on the topic, like. <laughs> I think that their system is so dumb sometimes. I think that what they do is they say, well, we don't want to let everybody in, so we have to make a number. Uh, So it has to be five. And I think that's so ridiculous. I think that it should go by the strength of the year. Like, if I think that there are plenty of room, there's plenty of room and plenty for uh, who who cares how many people are competing in a category. Like when you're watching at home, you're not saying to yourself, oh man, well, since there's eight guys up for this thing, what's the point of watching somebody win? Like, I don't understand this hard five rule when some years I should be like, you know what? Let's make it eight this year. Or maybe it's a weak year and it's five. Or maybe it's a crazy year and it's 10. It doesn't fucking matter. Like just give out the nominations for people who, are uh, who are deserving of the award on some level and then give it to the best person because you end up snubbing a ton of people and even just not talking about from like good movie just from like a publicity standpoint for them like being able to say you know what okay maybe these are our top five directors but let's let in 10 directors so we can let some diversity some of this thing and you never know maybe those maybe there's enough votes and all that shit goes around ways people wins like it just it just looks bad on them i feel like interesting too, because also everybody that gets a nomination gets an increase on their paycheck. You know, yeah, all, so, no, so, you got an Oscar. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's another but thing. But think about, kinda, I mean, it's good for the movie industry because then bad movies get made and they have like starring Oscar nominee, fucking Adam fucking Sandler. Like, ooh, <laughs> Billy Madison too. Like, it just blows my fucking mind sometimes. I'm like, man, you had this year. Where Adam Sandler probably really, I mean, for Uncut Jim's a, a, a standout performance. You've given standout performances to people that were not exactly standout actors in the past. And this year you leave him off when if you included seven, you could throw him and somebody else on there. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Do you think they should have more categories? I think the categories are fine. I think that there's no reason to do it like the Golden Globes where you end up splitting it like by comedy and drama because that gets messy. I think just give more nominations out. Don't maybe cap yourself at ten. Like the Oscar Best Picture, we we've done ten in the past. Ten is the max, but if there's only fucking five, then there's only five. Mm-hmm. This I whole do. hard and fast rule is so stupid. When they could just do, a, they could do themselves a lot of benefit, and viewers would be happier if they saw like movies that they actually like or movies that people they like. If there wasn't a snub, I'd rather be snubbed and be like, oh yeah, she didn't get the she didn't get the nomination, but there are nine people in the category then like oh yeah we only let five in hard and fast roll we just let five every time oh one year we let in three. Oh, well that doesn't make any fucking sense you let less mm-hmm. so it's it's crazy to me but some some huge snubs this year yeah i i agree um but 
let's talk about best picture. We got Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, Parasite, and 1917. I would say that I'm actually pretty surprised that I know this movie is a really good movie, Parasite, and I know it's like getting crazy good reviews, but I I don't feel like it's another. It's one of those movies that's like not talked about unless you're like in the game, you know? Yeah, you you have to be a movie, someone that's a fan of film or movies, and like you have to be open to to it in order to go see it. And I think that his uh his speech uh, I felt like when he won at the Golden Gloves was fantastic when he basically said, you know, if you can get past the one inch subtitles at the bottom of the screen you're gonna right. open yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. up to some really really good, good movies. movies and i really yeah. respect that because it's like that's true there's so many people that like see that and they're just like oh like uh, whatever like i don't need to watch that or like oh why don't that why doesn't this character just learn english i'm like what the fuck are you talking about man like this is other this is the world's culture what are you doing <laughs> just because it's not in english you're like i'm not gonna watch that gross <laughs> gross it's like what are you what like, do, is Joker going to walk away with a handful of awards? I don't think so. I think Joker's going to walk away with two awards. What, Joaquin Phoenix and what? It's definitely going to, it's going to repeat from Golden Globes in the sense that it's going to get uh, that uh, score. It'll get score. Score and lead. And I, unfortunately, I think, yeah, it's going to, they're going to give it to him. And, and I, I mean, we can get into this right now, but like you said, like your text was so funny to me when the nominations dropped and you texted me and said, a, a Joker or us uh, or what is it? It's like Oscars, uh, eleven nominations for Joker, us trash, lol. <laughs> like, I was, and I was laughing, but then you know I keep saying that, and I'll go back and you can listen to the tapes and st- shit, like the other episodes. Man, it's a good film. It's a very very good film. It's well done. The music's good. The acting is phenomenal. The story is strong. It's a fantastic movie. It is not a good Joker movie. And maybe right, I'll I, eat that's those. That's what we keep I'll, saying. We, yeah, I mean, I'll, we've I'll, always said that. Yeah. I'll eat those words when Joker 2 comes out and they develop him from being like oh, that whole everything we had a problem with. And they change it to be a little closer to him actually being the Joker that we know or are familiar with. Or at least an iteration of him that makes sense. I think Joker 2 can cure that. But for right now, it's not a good Joker movie. It's a fantastic movie. And I think it getting eleven noms is what really shows that. I mean, you have a, you have beautiful direction, beautiful acting, music, cinematography. It deserves all these noms, but I do think it's only going to walk away with score, which is fantastic because that that lady crushed it on that. And um, I think he will unfortunately walk away with best actor because, in fairness, I think it's a weak year, and I think he stood out by doing a very interesting performance when his four competitors are just not that. They didn't do a good. Uh, in, they didn't do enough. Yeah, I would say uh, that's why the Adam Sandler snub comes into play too, because like he yeah. did, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I also feel like that might have been a problem. I'm not not that I'm saying they think this way, but I keep thinking to myself like it almost is possible that they didn't give him a nom so that he wouldn't win because that performance he did in Uncut Gems was so good and so talked about and and disrupted how people look at him as an actor in some ways that I think that they're worried that he comes in and and beats. You know, these, I mean, I, I don't know. He, he, maybe he beats them. But and then again, I don't know, because I also like that Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory got one, and he could be an upset over Joaquin. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, yeah, just a Leonardo DiCaprio, great job. Didn't do anything special. He's just being Leonardo DiCaprio. Adam Driver, 
great, but it's a muted performance. Jonathan Price, fantastic, relatively unknown in a relatively unknown movie. So I think it's it's going to be Joaquin is going to take it. Is going to Joaquin away with it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Hey. Uh, hey. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah. But we'll see. We'll can see. Uh, what are the what are the chances Scarlett Joe walks away with both lead Zero. and supporting? <laughs> I know it is, chance. but I still want to. I still want to be like that. Be Zero percent chance. That would. It be would dope. be great, but. Zero. I think now they're definitely going to give it to Renee Zellweger. It looks like, and for actress in a lead, and maybe, maybe in in supporting. I don't. I don't get it. I nothing's wrong with her, but I, I don't know. It didn't seem like. Did, well, you saw a jo- good enough job. Did you see Jojo Rabbit? Yes, I, you did. You didn't. I thought. Yeah, it was I mean, great. she's great, but she's actually you know it's a pretty weak category too this year actually supporting actress there's nobody that's like far and away a winner so totally she could walk away down but i don't think she'll get she'll get actress in a lead role did you see um 1917 no i haven't seen 1917 although mm. i've heard uh, i've heard it's pretty pretty tasty that movie after i saw it i was like uh i could i see why this movie is cool like and i i get why people really love this movie this is probably one of the best shot movies i've ever seen oh the absolutely. cinematography the in this movie is yeah and how it's, it feels like it's one shot and all that shit. Feels like it's one shot the whole movie, and you're just following these characters, and like you're just there. That's what I. That's what I absolutely loved about it, and I don't think it's been done so well as it has before. Which kind of comes back to like the the visual effects, and and with that whole thing being a, a thing, I think it gives it a little more boost in that area. I know that in uh, game is up for that too, right? Yes, it is. Which is the only one that. You know, Endgame got a a nod for. I think it'll be a toss up between Endgame and 1917, but 1917 so unique. It is. It's very unique. I will say this: it, it it is funny to talk about movies and be like the biggest movie of all time. Doesn't, right. Doesn't get a look. Isn't that crazy? In that that it's wild. I mean, it's just the whole idea of art versus popular popular film and this whole idea that you know well it may be the biggest of all time but it doesn't deserve anything you know yeah i mean even though even though it's tying in even though it's tying in 20 like doing something that's never been done oh it's it's outrageous there's a lot of unique tweaks in in game that people overlook i think a lot when they look at these other movies but it's also a sequel so i was like i bet that has something to do with it i'm sure that does but then they got two sequels in Live action, or uh, not live, uh, the animated movies, Toy Story 4 and How to Train a Dragon. Yeah, I mean, animation's always tough. I feel like that category is always, like, right on the brink of being, they're like, oh, what do we have this year? Like, there's always two that usually stand out, and then there's two or three they throw in. They're, they're like, this was also animated, you know? Yeah, but like, Frozen 2 wasn't nominated. Yeah, it's like it's song got nominated, but it wasn't. But at the same time, it's like oh, I get that because it's not yeah, like yeah. like it's not Oscar worthy. But it's one of those I was surprised that they weren't like yeah 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 put uh, put Frozen two in there. Yeah, just yeah, throw it, give give it one. Yeah, yeah, who cares? Just just give it a nom. Give it a nom. Give it a nom. It, it needs one. <laughs> uh, who's you still still rooting for Irishman to win film of the year, or your you mind change? Uh, I think my mind's changed. Who would you say is gonna win? Walk away with that one. I think it's going to go to. 1917 that would be my new vote i would say but i think they'll give i think they'll give best foreign language film to parasite but they oh, yeah. won't they but won't they'll give, give best picture. they'll give 1917 the the best the the best picture i just think 
it has it's the latest it came the latest to it it's the favorite i know but it it deserves it on so many levels i think and when you look at the other movies it's up against there's a lot of them that have a lot of holes in it and this one seems to be rock steady and i think that when you have a movie that comes out and universally when you talk to people who've seen it and they're like oh my god it's freaking good i enjoyed it and you talk to and you look at critics that say it's good you're going to enjoy it i think being steady can be enough sometimes when you're a good enough movie to just to hold that ground because you get things like once upon a time in Hollywood where people are like, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Or you get Joker where you're very polarizing the Irishman, very polarizing Ford versus Ferrari. And it's a little campy for our best picture. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I feel like all the others are, have a a tick against them. And 1917 doesn't other than the fact that it's got two very young leads and it's a war movie. So, but, uh, but those are not problems. I would agree. I think it's like one of those movies that, there's nothing really wrong with it. So there's like there's cons in these other films. Yeah. Where this one's like it may not have a bunch of pros, but it has no cons, so it just shines yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It didn't challenge anything other than the way it was shot and filmed, and I think it's a cool story, but you know, usually you'd see a movie like this, especially this time period, maybe it would be like, "Oh, there's your there's your war movie Oscar nominee." We'll get but this one's like, "Man, this is a good movie that's shot in a very interesting way and is good to watch." So, yeah, I think it'll yeah. I think it'll hide, run away and hide. Definitely. Speaking of running away and hiding, last week we talked about Saved by the Bell, but this week we're talking about it again. Zach can't escape it. Yeah, Zach Morris is back, baby. Mark Paul Gosler. Gosler? Is that I said right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think that's right. That sounds right. Uh, He's now closed the deal to appear in the reboot, which will exclusively air on Peacock. What was there? Hatching soon? Yeah. Yeah, hatching soon. NBC Universal's streaming service, uh, according to... to the Hollywood Reporter, while the actor is currently uh, on a series of Blackish, uh, the Blackish spinoff Mixedish, he will oh, return. Yeah, he will return to his preppy character as the King of Bayside High. Well, he'll be the governor of California, though. Right, right, right. And he's dealing and, with, yeah. We t- we talked all about it. I, yeah, I, was, yeah. I, did, I had no idea they'd release like story details about it. So, well, yeah. Uh, also, Tiffany Amber Thiessen is also in talks with the show. Whoa, of, of course. But they got married, so are they still married? Or do they? Yeah, I'm sure. Cool. No, maybe they're divorced. It's probably better if they're divorced. <laughs> uh, but Katie brought up a good point last week when she was like, "This could go either be a serious or a comic. Like it could possibly be a yeah. serious role." I thought I didn't see that coming, but it makes sense. I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, we'll have to wait and about see about this one. Yeah, I think maybe because yeah, it could either be like a Riverdale. Where they make it fun, but also like have a serious edge, or it could just be a full on comedy, which would be interesting. Like it'd be like fucking Disney Channel shit. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of the bad boys and preppies, bad bud, what uh, you got? John Boyega of Star Wars fame is uh posting on Twitter a lot lately, and didn't and he's pissed, and he got a lot of hate for it. I believe he said it wasn't about. Who got the kiss? It was about who who laid the pipe, right? That's a and then he, and then everyone oh. tweeted back at him. People got mad at him, started throwing some hate tweets at him. Then he made what? Because he said, "What does that even? I don't even know what the fuck that means." What laid the pipe? Yeah. How do you not know what that means? Like, what's he mean? Laid the pipe? Laid the like pipe? Had sex? Like, yeah, yeah. Like he, it was not about who kissed her; it's about who fucked her. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah, I I feel like 
That's a fucking weird thing to say. It's like unnecessary for him to yeah, say like, that, but wh- whatever. Like, he, he said who it. gives a shit? Yeah, like I don't know why he even felt he had to comment on that, but yeah, it got him in He's more like, deep. People water. are giving him a lot of fucking shit. People are like this guy fucking sucks. Well, I will he say he can't even bang Ray. He's <laughs> like, I don't suck. I'm really cool. <laughs> I totally laid the pipe. Uh, I did it. We had sex. I told her she goes to a different school. <laughs> Like, what the fuck are you talking about, guy? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what... Anyway, he came up with a cool video and he, and whatever. But my thing with this story and the reason why I kind of wanted to talk about it was it feels to me like now that this the trilogy is over, it seems like it they don't care about it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like kind of yeah, like what Game like, of Thrones they did. fucking whoop. Yeah. Game, everyone they're after... Like, during that last season, everyone was talking about, oh, Game of Thrones final season. We were like, yeah, no, everyone's going to hate it. It fucking sucks. Like, being under the Disney umbrella, I guess, for the last, what, five years or whatever, now he's kind of over he's it. He's over. He's like, now I'm going to come out and say what I want. I'm my own man, okay? Yeah, like, his, don't know. I mean, like, his script got leaked, or like, he left it. Oh, yeah. He, like, freaking left it, up it somewhere eBay. like an idiot. He's like, yeah. whoops. Mm. Was I not supposed to lose that? Uh, speaking of people leaving franchises. Scott Derrickson goes ghost. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Studios announced the news on Thursday night, saying the filmmaker Scott Dickerson Derrickson had stepped down from his directing role due to creative differences, but he'll stay on as an exclusive producer. Should we be in a panic mode right now? You think for, for the fitness next phase of Marvel? I mean, like what happened? This is the thing. There was an article that dropped today about because he was the director of um, Doctor Strange Two in the Madness of the Multiverse or whatever. It's supposed to, he and was all article, super excited about it being a horror movie. Yeah, and and there's this thing that, that dropped talking about how there's too much pressure being put on this, and I I'm actually sort of in agreement with it. I feel like they're using Doctor Strange Two to be the vessel for everything that's going to happen by introducing the multiverse. They're going to play off that a lot. Mm-hmm. in the coming movies and then this these new phases and stuff and i feel like i feel like because they're it's all of a sudden become such a linchpin in their plans that they're probably putting and feige being there but not totally there like i think that they're freaking just putting so much pressure like hey listen th- if this isn't a su- success the next 10 years are fucked and i think that the creative differences come from him being the same reason that you know phil lord and uh miller or whatever the reason they left solo because they want to make a different kind of movie and i think he probably wanted to make a different kind of movie that's like more scary thing and they were kind of like well turns out we can't be too scary because we have to do some other stuff too that makes it so this ties into everything else and right we just announced there's four villains in it and that's a fuck ton so like okay cool here we go so i think that that's just him saying like you know what i'm just gonna get the fuck out of here you guys can find some puppet to make this movie for you <laughs> but i don't know what else has he done doctor he did the first one right is that it? I mean, did he do anything else? Yeah, he's only done, like, scary movies. He's like, well, this is what I like. And they're like, I guess not. Yeah, he did, like, uh, Devil's Not, Deliver Us From Evil. All of his movies are te- have terrible ratings, so. Oof. And they're like, you know what, maybe this is a little bit. It's also possible, too. Very possible that he started going, they said, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. We got to get somebody else in here. And it will, it'll really be telling with who they replace him with. He he directed and screenwrote like the Exorcism of Emily Rhodes, which I think did well with fans. But what a strange uh, choice to direct this film. I'm I'm definitely leaning towards that. That he got in there and was like, okay, guys, now when I want the camera to go, do I say action? And they're like, you gotta fucking go. 
<laughs> I mean, he killed it with Doctor Strange. So, but again, maybe uh, was Feige more hands on at that time? I don't know. Yeah, maybe he was like hand- holding his hand through it. Yeah. Well, speaking of the multiverse, Chris, uh, there's a lot to talk about with this one. My favorite person of all time, you know, Jared Leto. The Morbius, yeah. Morbius trailer dropped on Monday. Uh, Sony dropped the inaugural tease for the Daniel Espinosa directed Marvel adaptation starring Jared Leto in the title role of Morbius. <clears throat> Leto is joined in Espinosa's cast by Adria Jorner, uh, Jared Harris, Tyrese Gibson, Matt Harris. And if you haven't seen it, this is a spoiler, so go watch the trailer and then come back to this. But we got Michael Keaton. Yeah, at least for at least for a cameo, <clears throat> which set everyone's hands on our heads on fire. Did you also see the Spider Man on the wall? Yes, with the murder wrapped across yeah. its chest. So yeah, it looked. People were like, "It looks like Tobey Maguire." Yeah, but then it's it's not. It, are they using Tom Holland? Yeah, because murderer probably. Th- this is probably relating directly to. The fact that Mysterio told everybody that Spider-Man killed him or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it, it has to be the story, but I think this. Yeah. That Spider-Man does look a lot like. It does look a ton like Tobey Maguire's, which made me think about other things, but I don't fucking know. Like, I mean, I definitely don't. be a multiverse. I, def- I definitely don't think it's like specifically supposed to be Tobey Maguire. I think it's just supposed to be Spider-Man on the wall uh, to- and it's Tom Holland, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think this is. This is weird because now they're being friendly and like who own I mean I know Sony owns the right to Michael Keaton's character the vulture who's in Homecoming I mean they own all the characters so but this is supposed to like guess what bridge the gap and make make it easier for Tom Holland to come back on the other side and not mention MCU stuff Yeah there's this whole weird thing about like well, this this movie is part of what they're calling like the the Venom extended universe, right? Like these are movies like the what you would consider like the Marvel Dark or whatever. But like, yeah, then there's gonna, and they confirmed in Venom two that Tom Holland will have a cameo as Spider Man, and then then and then Jared Leto's character's in prison, and he breaks out, and Michael Keaton's character's in prison too. So I think yeah, they're trying to like create this bridge between those two worlds. So yeah, it's easier to get Tom Holland in there, but at the same time, it's like. I'm sorry, but who the fuck asked for this movie? Like, who? I don't need Morbius. Is it, what? What I find very interesting too is, is I know that Morbius got greenlit well before, but Morbius is more along the lines of like Blade. Well, that's the thing too. Apparently, there's going to be a cameo of Dracula, and that's supposed to get us closer to Blade. And like, it feels like this movie is only here to be a linchpin between. Like to be Sony? this movie, it's like, hey, this movie kind of is going to suck, but you should see it because it's going to set up this whole thing that we're going to do. And it's weird, like, even making a movie about this character is strange because no one, I think it would be, he should be a villain in a different movie. Like, what the, what, why, I don't need him to be the anti-hero hero yeah, in this people, thing. People aren't like, man, who's going to play Morbius, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's like, a, he's a villain. He'd be a, he'd be an interesting villain to introduce, but in a film, but like to give him his own, I don't give a shit about Morbius, what? Like make just make Blade come quicker. Why wouldn't they? You know just, what I mean? I would rather see a Kingpin movie. Yeah, just push some shit like that. Like what? They, even Daredevil. Like there's a whole bunch of characters. Obviously, we can go on forever about which we always do. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I was happy to see Michael Keaton back. I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's a fun little. Come see the movie. You, it's close to Spider Man. I hope it's just not one of those things where. 
that's the cutscene, <laughs> you know, and we wait around forever. Or oh, I, gar- or, I guarantee that's exactly what it is. Or it gets cut from the film, and everyone's like, where's Michael? Yeah. You know? Like, it, I could make it. Yeah, more delays with that to come. But speaking of delays, Chris, DC promises no more delays. I bet they do. Mama mia. <laughs> DC publisher Dan Dadio recently spoke out about the delays during a Q&A with direct market comic book retailers. He said that while the line was extremely successful for DC Comics, uh, he's, I believe he's talking about Black Label, they won't be solicit- uh, soliciting anything until they are more clear on which or on when each book actually comes out. He said, quote, the response and reaction has been better than we could imagine. Our plan is to make sure we're consistent in the material we're putting out and it's strong and that it comes out on time. We will not yeah. be soliciting <laughs> soliciting anything until we are clear that this material will come out as scheduled. Which, Chris, we've talked about for the last three years, uh, specifically with this one series but the weird part about it for me is like it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant you're like where the fuck is my food you know oh absolutely and then the server comes by is like yeah there's a part or like the kitchen's backed up or they dropped it but like there's no one coming to the table they're just like no one will know (laughs) like no one's saying anything and then three months go by and you're like what the fuck oh oh yeah that that yeah did we i was reading that i was reading that I, i remember that like, that's no way to make comic books. It's no way to get people to keep buying your comics. Like, it's a nightmare. Especially on the series that we're talking about. But even, like, the Black Label stuff, like, Damned kind of was spread out pretty much, too. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which was only three books. So, oh. I mean, I guess... Yeah, it's only three. And but there was yeah. a, they went from having Batman swinging dick to, like, all right, we've got to clean it up. They're like, whoopsie doodle. Shouldn't have had so much swinging pole. <laughs> Yeah, the new DC stuff that's coming out on the Black Label has been pretty f- crispy. Yeah, it has. I mean, they're doing a good job. I mean, they're doing. It's not that it's not successful. No, it's just it's annoying. Not as it's just annoying. That's exactly what it is. But it's also it's just I, annoying. It's. I think it is. I think it is hurting the the success at the same time though, because for our biggest issue was we we would get the new book and be like, yes, like on the next issue. Go through it and like, wait, who, like, what's happening? You know, and we'll get into that obviously. Yeah, well, you know, better, we'll, better, obviously better, be better a, go back. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, like this series, Doomsday Clock, could have been a lot cooler had it been closer together and, and a lot more talked about. I feel like. Oh, absolutely, no, no doubt. So there's kind of hints that they went back and changed something. Even at Comic Con, I think they kind of talked about it a little bit. But I, I don't know. We, me, and you speculated pretty good on it. I feel like, but it, oh, it sort right. of, it sort of felt to me like. What they said was, oh, shit, we need to make this better than it's going to be. And so they were missing. Like, I think they were definitely missing deadlines. But I think they were missing deadlines because I think they got two or three books in. And you can sort of see, I mean, if you go to the critical response of Doomsday Clock, which we'll talk about, like, it's pretty even throughout each issue. But I feel like maybe they got two or three in and were like, uh-oh, sentiment's not with us. We got to make changes. And all of a sudden, the schedule just got blown out to where they were rewriting, redrawing, redoing everything. Like, I don't know what, we'll never know what happened for real, but it just seems like this was not a, a machine that they had well-oiled and ready to go. And that's why we're seeing this thing where freaking Dadaya, or whatever the hell his name is, I always get it wrong, who, he just he comes out and says, don't worry guys, this won't happen again. We fucked this one up pretty bad, but we're going to do better. Yeah, I, they got lucky. I, if I'm being they honest, did. they got lucky last year because Marvel's tanking. Yeah, yeah. And they, so they, the, I think they had the most, or the or issue, or the top ten issues or whatever, they had a bunch of them in there. 
whereas Marvel's kind of struggling at the moment in yeah, a few in a few yeah. areas. But this, two years is too long for a twelve issue book. Two Let's, years is is impossibly long. It's it's it I'm, just is not good for fans. It's not good for storytelling. Say what you will, like. I'm I'm all for getting things right, and I'm all for when we live we live in an age where things are happening so quickly all the time that you right. want content more and more and faster and faster. And I love the idea of putting it on like you know we're gonna put on a set and it's gonna come up. But like it would have been so cool if Doomsday Clock was a twelve month thing, and they started in January and ended in December, and each month the cl- there was a clock on their website or whatever that went down a tick because they're twelve no- like. Shit, they had such yeah. an opportunity to do that, but instead they just went, okay, it's 12 issues over the course of um, 27 months, and nobody's going to give a fuck about any of it by the end because you'll forgot what happened in the middle. Like, that's no way to put – and this is such a big deal they've been building to and wanting to do for so long, so right. people have been calling for. It's just I get the pressure, but I also get you got to just fucking deliver. Right. Yeah, it's all about delivery. So on that like, note, have, Chris – Have these 12s in the back. You know, back. Bang, bang. Let's, let's, Chris, let's just stop pussyfooting around and let's get into it. Let's talk about it. We're talking DC's Doomsday Clock with the featuring the Watchmen. Watchmen sequel esque. And I totally forgot about this until about six issues in. We'll build up to the good stuff in the story, but we're still, let's talk about these problems for a second. Uh, I forgot that Flash and Batman had a crossover between their books that was supposed to set this whole thing off. Yeah, I think it's and it I came, think it was issue 50, I think. Yeah, I and got it, I've got all of them. Yeah, it's the lithograph one where it it's Batman holding the button and then you turn yeah. it it's Flash holding the button. Yeah. Who who how could you possibly remember that? That was such a that tease that tease was almost half a year before the series even was announced. The messed up part for me was I barely caught it as I reread the series. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. They are. I was like, oh shit, thing. that's right. Yeah, Batman found the button flat. Like there was that whole thing, and then uh, yeah, because this uh, this series deals with like the multiverse, metaverse, all that shit. Yeah, it does, Mamma Mia. And boy, is it thick. But yeah, I totally forgot about that. I was so excited after I read the, that crossover between Batman and and Flash. I got super juiced on. Um, Flashpoint because they were going to come back and there was I think oh, at yeah. that time there were still talks about doing Flashpoint and I think they still are in the movies. Yeah, I mean that was a, that's a a thing and we've had theories back and forth about what they should do and all that shit. But yeah, it's uh it's yeah it's it's rich. This is a rich. This is rich. Not only that, but they had a perfect opportunity to really set off the series on HBO. Oh yeah. Which is crazy that these two things are unrelated. You know what I mean? Exactly. But can you imagine if they would have kind of just somehow tied it off and then set up the show? Like, it would have been it would have been raining money. Not that it isn't, but... Oh, I mean, yeah. Un- unbelievable. I really feel that the delay on this really hurt this series. I think it could have been a... It's a good story arc. It's a good story. Uh, for, for the most absolutely. part. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very... It's complicated. It had an impossible standard to try and live up to. Mm-hmm. It is a really, I guess those are my two big things that like hold it back. But I think it does at the same time an amazing job of blending two genres and styles and kind of taking this look through the what comic books are and how they work and like there's these human moments and I feel like it had so much to do and it did that. It just we keep starting back to the fact that like there's so much to do. 
and so much to say that it gets lost if you don't do it in a row. And that's why, like, you know, today you could sit down and read Watchmen, the graphic novel, cover to cover, and you'd still be like, what the fuck was that part back there? Like, what happened here? Like, you got to flip back and chaps and be like, what the fuck was I just reading about a pirate ship? Like, this is the same shit they're throwing at you. They're just, it's just so stressed. You really, I, I think that even if you are someone that's been reading it, or are interested, this is the perfect time to go out and get it and read it or download it and read it because you can literally get all 12 issues, read it and be like, wow, I enjoyed that story instead of being like, I don't even know what the hell is going on anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would be 100%. That's exactly what I did. I have, you know, all the issues and I wanted to read them and I kept just stashing them because I I got by the third, fourth issue. I was like, yo, I'm yep. I can't wait four months to figure out what's happening next. I'm too lost. Yeah, and it's insane. I read it last week and finished the last issue today. And man, it's a it's a good things. It's a little long at parts, but it it's was a good. Sto- it's good. It's a good story. I would say, and this is a spoiler, maybe, but I I thought Joker might have been a little bit more involved, but that's fine. Fine. I like that. That's that's fine. <laughs> I like. It's. I mean, this this story's basically circled around uh, Doctor Manhattan and Superman. Yeah, it really and, is. It, and it's time their travel. story. But then also, there's this whole thing. I mean, I know we're gonna get into a spoiler section, but you know, there there really is. What made Watchmen so interesting and so captivating was that it was such a different look at superheroes. It was about the the human element, and it was about the political yeah. element, and it was really about just culture and how that's impacted how people are impacted by that and i think that what this did really well is it took it gave us the superheroes we're familiar with and it gave us the watchman characters and the watchman history that we know and wanted to know more about and it made this sort of blending of like where you're getting that element of the political and you're getting the element of like people and what they're motivated by and shit but it's not jamming it down your throat i feel like that's a problem we have now in all kinds of content is like if there's a message, they're going to hit you in the face with it over and over and over and over. Yeah, and over. yeah. And this one was more like, this is just a thing that's happening, and this is why all the shit's going crazy. And we're going to explain that to you, and we're going to show you some insight. And we're also going to tell you about this whole thing called the fucking metaverse and how that impacts and how that in- impacts the comic books you're reading. So really cool stuff. Yeah, towards the end, I thought this was cool, but at the same time, I was like, oh, I see what they're doing. And that's when they kind of go through the timeline i don't know i don't know where else we could go before we get into spoilers is there anything else we want to touch on um the story is basically uh you get you know classic character like uh rorschach adrian viat right like he i felt like if you'd seen the movie you could kind of ozzy man ozzy man ds is who that is yeah yeah you could kind of uh if you see the movie you can definitely read through this as like a sequel Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, it is. Which it, I was surprised that, that by. That portion is a sequel. You know, that half it to the graphic novel and the movie. And I think you could get far enough by recognizing the characters for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you got the comedian in there. But basically, yeah, you do. Uh, you, it starts off with Rorschach being set off to do this mission, gather some pieces, which is all being controlled by Adrian. And he's gone through and has this whole agenda plan trying to find Dr. Manhattan who has gone to another universe. Yep. Because the other, because the Watchmen universe is just done. It's like already over. So there's a lot of manipulation going on between different characters. And at first I was like, why is this, why is this show or movie? Like there's this movie that plays and there's also like news clips 
Then I'm yeah, like, there's files, reports. The same way that they had, they just took the idea of the the curse of the black ship or whatever, and then the um behind the mask, the autobiography that's in Watchmen. They took that, and in each comic, there's like a different piece of something, whether that's like a file from Ozymandias or yeah, 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 like a movie or this movie stars thing or like a story about how a fucking dog was made, like all this stuff. Because they keep showing these panels where there's TVs like in the storefront. Like that's still a thing where people right. watch the storefront for news and oh, updates. Yeah, but then course. they have like <laughs> they have a, this movie playing from by this actor who actually plays a role in the whole story at the end. Yep. It's uh it's it's got a lot. It does a lot of stuff to to take in, but it's it's dope. I think it's a splash. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a slept on series and I no, that sounds weird because it's so popular, but I think this could have been, this could have done better. They could have done better with this, but I think the delays really hurt it. And I don't know what really, I mean, I guess if we, spoilers going forward, I think they, for some reason, felt they needed to iron out a timeline and they had to use this as that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's, oh man, to, to get into a bigger thing, which we'll talk, I'm sure we'll get more to this, but like, yeah, this was definitely also in a chance for DC to sort of clear up some of the issues that we're seeing in comic books today, which is people asking the question, how do, how do heroes never age? And right. Uh, Can they rebrand themselves? And like, what does and that they mean? They try yeah. so hard that, Oh, we're doing the new 52 and then we're doing rebirth and that'll start back. And then we'll get that. And I think that it gets so, and we talked about in the past was like, it gets so complex where you're like, Oh wait, well wait, that issue was before this. Oh, this one. But that was the new 52. Oh, so who like they're trying so hard to reorganize to make it fresh and new and inventive because they run out of ideas or a character gets stale. And I think this was their big swing at finally saying things change. At, we'll change storylines, universes will shift, and it's all part of something bigger. And I think that that's, it's kind of cool. I actually respected how it was done. No, I agree. I think they basically took everything and organized it. Like if you have, it's like they took a messy desktop, made some folders, and and organized it in the right order. It was like, this is what it is. You know yes, I mean? and I think that you really see that in the, in the last issue, and not a spoiler, yeah. but I think the way that just, I mean, in some ways a spoiler, but like, the way the series the series ends with a, a bow tied on it, where I think yeah. as yeah, yeah, yeah. Watchmen, one of the things that always has intrigued us all about Watchmen is the fact that we don't get a resolution. We get a failure, a destruction, one of the characters we love killed, and this guy finding Rorschach's book in the, at the paper. And it's kind of this thing where it ends and you're sort of like, well, what happened? Did did they win? Did that information come out? Did What happened to Manhattan? And this one, on the other hand, is like, Okay, guys, we got our message across. You got a really cool story, and now it's done. Don't worry. There's nothing else. Maybe these, maybe there's some storylines for comics, but mostly this is all over. Yeah. My question to you is, with the stuff that was said about the timeline, is DC going to – I mean, they kind of have to now, right? Like all the storylines that they kind of set up for the future, like deep in the future? Do they have to follow those threads? I mean, I guess they don't, but like kind of, right? There's some, yeah, I think that this is... At least I in the near that, future. I think this is some setting up for a lot of other ma- major arcs for them. I think they're kind of backlogging some stuff because I feel like they're to a point where they've said, we can't do rebirth type stuff anymore. We can't do another Flashpoint. So what can we do that is different than time travel changing everything? What can we do that changes things in a different way? And uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. 
Um, it also just depends on if like fucking how people, how well received overall people, what people want. You know what I mean? Right. So at the same time, because this series is slightly slept on, does that in fact like, oh yeah, you gotta go, you have to read Doomsday Clock because that'll explain what this new earth is or right. what, what, what's happening in this storyline. Because again, spoilers going forward, it's all centered around Superman. Yeah. Which is cool yes. because I like that. Like, yeah, he's the first one, blah, 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 boom. Yeah, I think there's something cool with like, yeah, and I'm glad we're in spoiler church right now because we can say there's so much in this series and so many threads we could talk about. But the main thing you have to talk about is the fact that those last few issues, well, about halfway through, you know, you're getting excited because Dr. Manhattan is saying, I can't see into the, I came to this universe and Superman is going to punch me. And when right before he punches me, I can't see anything past that moment. So it's his own curiosity saying like, what the hell does he kill me? Like what happens? I want to see this through. And along the way, you're getting fucking crazy cool moments. Yeah. But I think the end result, this idea that this thing called the metaverse is basically Superman is at the center of it. And when we see these changes and when we see these things happening, it's because he is basically the world is rearranging itself and, and reality is a rearranging itself sort of around Superman. And not to say the other characters are less important, but that's just how it is. He just is the center of he's this. He's the first. He's the first to come. Yeah. So when when we get like a rebirth, or when we get a when we get a crisis on infinite earth, or when we get a, a flashpoint, it's actually all. Or when heroes are just different or younger, it's not that the that this is a different timeline. It's all the same. It's just reality is molding itself around. So don't worry yeah. about changes. Is what they're kind of saying. And that sounds hard to digest, but it's really like cool it. because it's also saying, hey, the multi. Yeah, exactly. The multiverse is real. There are multiple universes, but this one, this metaverse, not only is it the center, and we see that in things like, um, oh, whatever the one with the syndicate was, where I think it's Crisis or whatever, where Owl, not the whatever his name, Owl Man, uh, whatever the, uh, the, the, the no, the evil, uh, the uh, evil Batman from the syndicate's oh, yeah, yeah, world. Yeah. He tries to destroy Earth Prime because he realizes if he destroys that Earth or that Earth Prime, it will destroy all of the multiverse. So he tries to kill that to basically end it. And I think you see threads like that where in this one it's basically saying, no, those are multiverses. This one is a meta. This one's just different. This is the one that you're a part of where your heroes exist. And I love that. I love that the call out too of, of Dr. Manhattan being like, he says, I think he says pulp or, or pulp morality, but like he came to the DC universe to see what it was like to basically live in a comic book world. Yeah. He's really calling out like you guys live by these moral codes that don't make sense none of the heroics you do make sense. You have this morality where in the Watchmen universe, people are just fucking people. But in this one, you're better than people. And that's why we're watching you. It's this weird, like you're kind of in it and out of it. And it, I, I love that. It's shit, like though. a, yeah, it's an infinite kind of loop that like continues to ask the, and answer questions of the same, like, and just keep going. Yeah. Like, I kinda, I oh, it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, again, it's a lot of juice, but I think you nailed it, man. I, just those two worlds coming together and, and Dr. Manhattan really trying to figure out just like moving stuff six inches this way and like six inches that way and changing the whole dynamic. And then, Oh, well that happens. Let now Superman comes later. or Now that's why this is this. And like, it, it, it's like, it's like you're finally, I guess behind the, the curtain of DC in the sense of yes. this is, this is an explanation of everything, but taking it from like, Watchmen characters, which I thought was really cool, and like throwing that other thing, uh, that other storyline in there. So, man, there's a lot. It's dope. 
it's definitely dope. I'm yeah, glad. it is. I mean, I love how you put that about just like that kind of almost experimental form where you have all these characters trying to stop Dr. Manhattan or trying to figure out what's going on in the world, going to nuclear war. It doesn't matter which reality you're in. The fact that Manhattan's really just seeing like, why is this place the way it is? Like, why is this? And for us as readers, it's interesting to have a character so powerful saying, why is this universe important to us? Like, why do we like to watch these stories? Why, why are things here so different? And having the explanation be like, it's built that way and it will always continue to regenerate itself so that we can enjoy more of it and we can have these things. It's a, it's a strange way of putting the heroes into that context and it's highly complex and very intense, but I think overall it, it delivers on the message really, really well. No. Yeah. And, and there's like a lot of fun with, you get to see all the DC characters. There's like one, I forget what issue it is. I want to say it's like 10 or 11 uh, where they all go to Mars to, to me. Oh my God. What a freaking great, I was where it's just say like, like it's oh. just panel after panel of like all the hero, like everyone you could think of is in there pretty much. Yeah, and I love that whole thing because there's always that, you know, what's been fun and what came up a lot. We, me and you even talked about it when Dr. Manhattan, Dr. Manhattan is a character. Like he is a, he is, he is a God, if not God. And I yeah. think that there's always, when you read, watch me like what happens if he fought DC characters? Will he just dismantle them? Like, what would what would happen? Would, would anybody stand a chance? And oh, what about Superman? And then in this one, you actually get to see that battle on Mars is a great example where he just and he does it in such a Doctor Manhattan way where he's not malicious, he's not there to kill. Like he just dismantles them in such an experimental way where he's like like the coolest shit. He like takes apart Guy Gardner's Green Lantern ring to see what makes it tick. Yeah. And then the the Justice League Dark throws magic at him, and he's like. Oh, oh your what, ma- what you what you call magic is just a different yeah. kind of science. Like this yeah. is all science, but you think it's magic because you can't explain it. And they're like, "Oh fuck!" And like he just like he's just snapping his fingers and like brushing people away, and he's just sort of like, "Well, yeah, okay." Like it's not a big deal until the Superman confrontation where he has a, a legitimate—I wouldn't say fear, but a very much like it's the first time I feel like since he became omniscient that he hasn't been able to see what's going to happen really. Uh, other than when the the bomb that went off and sent that thing, but not, that's not the point. Yeah, no, I think he's all all this stuff is building up for him to to this point with Superman. That's the only like that's like the last vision, like you said, and he just kind of like I'm not gonna do anything to disrupt that. I gotta find out what's gonna happen. But at the same time, he's like kind of seeing all these different heroes, like you said, for what their skills are and all that. He's like, oh, I remember what it's now. I remember what it's like to learn again. And yeah, learning absolutely. about all these different things, and which is cool because you get a character like Doctor Manhattan who can do fucking anything. You're like, what's so cool about that guy? There's nothing that could ever bring yeah, him down. Yeah, he's, so what's he's too powerful. What's the point? Yeah. yeah, yeah, much much with Superman too. Like a lot of people sure. still feel yeah, that way. He's the only one that can go to different countries now since everybody As, has their every, own everyone, teams. Yeah, on, the only person that every country respects is Superman. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, and. But he takes off hella quick, and someone's like, oh, look, there he goes. And I was like, if he had to go to Moscow, so hey, like you wouldn't even be able to see him. But I was like, eh. yeah, he's, he's got to be gone. You know? But it's, that's, that's one of those true. things of Superman. You're bringing up a good point, right? But that's yeah. one of those things of Superman. And you're just like, no. like for, I, There's always the argument that he could never catch Lois Lane because if he caught her falling, he would just she break cut, all cut her, her bones. Pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a different, there's a different, I think that's a cool point you bring up too, because even in this one, there's this idea of like, by Manhattan sort of commenting on this being a comic book reality that we get to watch, 
there's this idea that all these questions, we get so fucking tied up all the time. And it happens to me, it happens to you, where we're reading something like a comic book and we start questioning the logic of it. Yeah. And I think that's good when the logic plays a part of the story. Mm-hmm. Like when you're like, well, hold on now. His ring is not supposed to work on yellow. Why did it work right here? That's a great question. But when all of a sudden you're like, so if he's traveling Mach 7, how does he plan an entering Earth's atmosphere? Like, and like just- they're... This yeah. sort of says like this this whole thing with Dr. Manhattan is like this place is different and weird and the rules don't apply. Why is that? And if I go ahead and change little things and change history and make things disappear and come back, does it affect anything or is this the same place where the rules just aren't the same as they are in every other world? Yeah. My question to you though and I this wasn't clear for me so I wanted to ask. So when what's her name um what is her name? Not the Marionette? Yeah, Marionette. With the whole baby thing and being pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so, looking for their son, and then they get pregnant when they meet up and have sex. Yeah. And then the mime's and like, Manhattan's hey. like, yeah, how's it uh, going? But, no, there's a scene, but then there's a scene where, like, she's like, well, we wanted to find our son. He's like, you guys are going to stay here. Don't worry. He'll find you or something like that, right? Yes, yeah. We don't know who it is yet. And then he goes back to Watch Me Universe, takes that kid, and raises it as his own. So it's a weird, like, I don't know who their son is, but they're going to stay here until they meet him. But then at the end, there's that kid, and he's like, yeah, they, he calls me Clark. Yeah, yeah, that was in, that's in that was the like Watchmen's a, universe. Oh, so that is their son. Yeah, he went back to the Watchmen universe and took their son from that universe, made it into his own, called it Clark, and then gives him, that baby all of his powers and disappears and or gives his rest of his life force to the earth. But like in the DC universe, their son is a character. We just don't know who yet who will run into them. So I'm assuming they will have some sort of line that branches off. Mm, interesting. But who was the family that he dropped him off with? Saturn? I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, maybe. Is that who it was? Jenny, Jenny, whatever's family. Saturn girl or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. she was, at it must've been. Cause she's from 30 years in the future, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all fucking all wild. See, there's so much even I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. The other thing, too, I keep talking about this movie that's playing or about this actor that's involved somehow. But the movie kind of mirrors some of that stuff. And I thought that was cool, too. Yeah, what's his name? Carver Coleman. Yeah, Carver Coleman. Who gets 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 a Hollywood star at the end. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, Doctor. I just read through this quick little synopsis here. Like, Manhattan raises Mime and Marionette's son as his own, naming him Clark. Disappears, transferring the powers to Clark as life force of the planet. Clark is sent to Lori and Daniel. Yeah, so it's, it is. Okay. It's, uh, it's Owlman and, um, and Jupiter. Miss Jupiter or whatever. Saturn. Is that what she is in Watchmen? I think so. Whatever. It worked out for him. It worked out for him. Lex Luthor even plays a, a kind of a interesting role in this whole thing too he's like i want to be the one that's credit for figuring it all out yeah and i like that i I think that there's been a we see that that's like in crisis on infinite earth and there's been some iterations of lex luther in in the past few years i've really enjoyed where it's like he's like i'm a villain but i'm such a but i'm not a villain just to be a bad guy like in the old days like lex luther was like i'm just the bad guy and this means like I'm not in it to just be the bad guy. I'm in it to just win. Like, I just want to beat everybody at everything. If that means that I'm the bad guy or the good guy, it doesn't matter. I just need to be the one that the whole world knows did it. And I think that's a cool character trait for him to not always be like, I'm going to get you super bad. And say, so like, this is a fucking crazy mystery, and I'm going to be the one that solves it, because fuck all y'all. While you guys are protesting in the streets. 
Yeah, I'm gonna figure, I'm out, gonna what figure the, out who this, this fucking pic- blue guy is. This picture keeps showing up. Yeah, uh, was there anybody in this in here that you would have liked to see more or didn't see at all? I don't know. The Wonder Woman stuff was pretty good. Um, they bring th- in some weird characters, but they bring in some good characters. I think I would have liked to see more Wonder Woman, if I'm being honest. Does he beat Spectre? Um, doesn't doesn't Spectre try and stop him? And he like disappears him. I think so. I, I that's only if that's not that's only the only one I would have liked to see. The I the comedian storyline kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah, it he, was he, like, weird. Disappeared. It's like, yeah, because they pulled him out of the Watchmen universe and dropped him into the DC universe right as he was falling out the window, and then yeah. like, and but then luckily Batman or they got him back, and Batman was interesting in it too. Batman was a little bit like, not not two dimensional, but he just was Batman. It felt like he was just part of the. It was a weird. I guess that's what it was. It was weird to see Batman not being one of the focal points, and I feel like in this he was like there was a story that involved him, but for the most part he was just sort of like I'm Batman. Like, you're crazy. I'm going to put you in jail. Ah, you got away. Okay, I'll help you solve this thing. Whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it was kind of like, with Batman, yeah, I would agree with you 100%. But I think with Batman, too, it was like, he just wasn't quick enough. Like, he's always, like, in this whole story, he seems like he's just short of, like, getting there. He keeps making, not necessarily the wrong decision, but when he makes the right one, it's a little late. Like, even when he's trying yeah. to, he's like, don't pick a side. And, and that he locks yeah. up. Uh, Rorschach right away but then yeah he like tricks him into jail and he's like okay and he gets beat the shit out of him he's like okay yeah Batman's biggest thing is trying to figure like always be one step ahead of Superman and this one he's like one step behind but I think there's yeah (laughs) that's so true so that's (laughs) one of the things I picked up Um, but I think I would have liked to see a little bit more Nighthawk in this we we very lightly got that or even some of the Teen Titans because like someone like Cyborg taking all that knowledge in. I don't know. No, yeah, I think there's a lot. I think that's what's hard is when you get a character like this in that universe, you want everything to like come together there. And at some point, maybe it's just too much. But it's mm-hmm. like I said, like Spectre's a great, a, a super, I, I love the Spectre. I think he's a really cool character, especially when he's used in the right way. They didn't, they didn't fight in this one, but it's like that would have been interesting to see the actual God of Vengeance versus you know a super dimensional being and see what happens and if you could just flick right. him away or, or if they'd have some kind of weird like discussion like shit like that is would be really cool but at the same time kind of like yeah but he's got you know he's only got so much time you know and and i love what you said about batman it's so true maybe that was part of it for me too is like it felt in the whole thing like batman was like here's the deal i can't even begin to understand what the fuck's going on <laughs> like, this fucking this guy i don't what am i even gonna like it was almost this like what am i supposed to on some level even i don't know what to do anymore yeah somehow he gets a, he gets the pass to swing his dick in the comics but i get him they yeah. shut my shit down he's like great fantastic <laughs> uh another character i think too being that it's kind of started was like flash was kind of for it starting with him and like the flashpoint and that whole crossover yeah yeah it's, it's that was a little there light. wasn't a ton of berry they, they had some flash like like wally west was the one that told manhattan that she was gonna go crazy and then like or that warned him and then barry got that chance to meet jay for the first time when manhattan made sure that happened and but i, I think i think what honestly the, his whole point of this was not to be because i think maybe it could have got messy i think his whole point was just the fact that he passed dr manhattan when he was traveling through that thing and manhattan was like what the fuck was that and then discovered the dc universe through that yeah like what the hell True. was that thing that just sped by me and he's like right. where the hell did that thing go and the, like, we only get like a couple of panels on that 
that comeback, right? Like yeah, you see you the, yeah. you see Wally, like you hear Wally West get talked about, or whatever, and then oh, well, then it happens, and you see the panel, and you're like oh, I I barely remembered that. I was like oh shit, that's right, there was a crossover. Like, oh yeah, like that's right. Yeah. That's how this whole thing started. Yeah, yeah. But let us know what you thought of Doomsday yeah, Clock. Uh, hit it's us a up. Meaty one. It's a lot, a lot of jelly in the donuts, like we like to say Ooh, over cheer. There it is. Yeah. Did I say that in the last episode? I don't know if I did. It is this the dub show. Uh, next week we might be talking about Infinite Crisis. We might be talking about something else. What are you reading? What yeah, is the we story arc stuff now? Yeah, we got to get into it. I think we should do. We should find something to do. A next episode, kind of like show, but it's the next issue, kind of like a book club. I don't know. Call it a comic book club. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm down for that for sure. So we'll get that cracking. But what do you think of Watchmen, the series? Uh, what do you think of Doomsday Clock? Are you just as upset as us as far as how long it's taking? Uh, hit us up. You can hit us up at G Splash Podcast on Instagram or an email tip at G Splash BC at gmail.com. Man, another one in the can, baby. 112. I'm Bradley okay, Baxter. Let's go. Yay. I'm Bradley Baxter. I'm at Chris Bucky Watts. We'll see you. We'll, we'll chirp at you. Chirp at you next week. We got it. Chirping at you, chirpings. Yeah, we got it, baby. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>